0: The Orlando Magic might have an offense, maybe, where the Orlando Magic are standing out on the offensive end of the floor, and we determine what's real and what's not real so far this preseason. Let's get to it on a victory edition of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day, and you are indeed locked on magic. Today is October 12th, it will be October 13th, 2023, in due time, Friday the 13th. Shout out to my guy, Jason Voorhees. Uh, my name is Philip Rossman Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at uh, OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You, of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr_omd. underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll break down the Orlando Magic's 108-105 to win over the Cleveland Cavaliers. The final score is not important. Magic gave up a 13-0 run late in the game with their bench players in. Still held on for the win, which is always, always nice. Um, we'll talk about what we saw from the Magic in this game. plus. What's real and maybe not real so far from the Orlando Magic. Plus, we'll go over the box scores. We always do after games. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's right when we upload, whether it's first thing in the morning, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. This episode of Locked On Magic is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. Throughout training camp, one message kept on getting hammered to us. It was just repeated over and over and over and over again. We're going to hang our hat on the defensive end, Jamal Mosley said. Jonathan Isaac said, I believe we could be a top 10 defense in the league. Jalen Suggs said, I believe we could be a top 10 defense in the league. And guess what? There is no reason not to believe that that should be this team's ambition. Um, I I keep going back to kind of the Steve Cliffordism of it all. Uh, Steve Clifford, uh, when he was here in Orlando, would always say, you know, we've just got to be top 10 in the league. In defense or top ten league in offense or defense, and then top half of the league in the other, and we will be fine. This Orlando Magic team or last year's Orlando Magic team finished 18th in the league in offensive and defensive rating, excuse me, uh, and finished seventh in the league after December 7th, which you know, as we all know, is when the season actually began last year after the Magic's five and 20 start. That was enough to make us all believe. Okay, there is something there defensively, and there's something this Magic team can build on defensively as they get to this season, which is a little bit more serious. Now, me personally, despite how good the Magic were, a 113 defensive rating after December 7th, they still had a minus 0.5 net rating, a 112.5 offensive rating. They're still ranked 26th in the league in offensive rating for the entire entirety of last season. I think they rose to 24th after December 7th. This is a league where you have to score. Plain and simple, you have to be able to score. Um, you will be outscored in some games. Or maybe in the playoffs, defense still carries water. But it's, I haven't done the numbers, but I would bet that what used to be a top 10 defense almost guarantees you a spot in the playoffs. Now I would bet it is a top 10 offense that guarantees you a spot in the playoffs you've got to be able to score and if there is a weakness on this team we saw this through through several um preview articles that were written by national media and it's something we can't really argue against you got to be able to score and that is going to be uh, i think the big struggle for the season however we're now two games into this preseason orlando scores 122 points in the win over the new orleans pelicans including 41 in the second quarter the magic have another you know, only score 108, but they're at 88 after three quarters. When you know, and then the deep bench came in toward the end of the third quarter. I have to say, I think this offense is a little spunky. I think there's something here with the Orlando Magic offense. I think the Magic might be a lot better offensively than we all think. Now, it's the preseason, and we're going to talk about what's real and what's not here um, in a moment, but there are a lot of really positive signs from the way that the Magic are playing offense. Stats that this did not exist for this team or did not exist consistently for this team. And now that we have two games under our belt with this Magic group, we can start seeing trends and patterns develop um, to say like, okay, maybe this is something to keep an eye on. Certainly there are a few things that I I, I was watching and saw in, in Tuesday's game that I was like, ah, oh, huh, a double huh, as they say in the Wonka trailer. Um, we saw a lot of that played back in Thursday's game, and I just want to highlight a few things and a few a few notes that I gathered from watching this team's offense um, in this game. Orlando had a really strong offensive game. Yes, they only scored 108 points in their offensive rating for the entire game, was a putrid 106.9. But through three quarters, the Magic had an offensive rating of 114.3. Again, the Magic starters and even their regular reserve players did not play the fourth quarter. So I'm going to throw that out. I don't care about that. Um, You know, I do care about that. Love the defense that Matt McClug played. Love the defense that Trevlin Queen played. Um, Love the defense that Gogo Batadze and even DJ Wilson played. Um, Offensively, um, yuck. Uh, But again... I'm not worried, you know, no offense to those guys. They're Exhibit 10, guys. (laughs) You know, they're going to be an Osceola this year. Um, So the Magic had a 114.3 offensive rating through three quarters to give the defense their love, 98.7 defensive rating through three quarters. This was a, uh, this was, I wouldn't call it necessarily a dominant performance by the Orlando Magic, but they got themselves right for longer than Cleveland did. Um, We'll talk about some of that in a little bit. All of the Magic starters had a plus-minus of at least plus 14, and all of them had an offensive rating of at least 122. Um, I believe it was Franz Wagner and Markel Foltz had the 122. That was the low mark. Um, I, I should not need to tell you, 122 points per 100 possessions is fantastic offensively. That is That is really good. The Magic starters are killing it on offense. They did really well as well on Tuesday. Not as well as this, but they're doing really, really, really well. So how is this happening? Well, there are two big factors. There's really three. There's three big factors that we're watching to tell us, is this team on the right track offensively? Um, the first is turnovers. It's been a big emphasis throughout the season. The Magic were one of the worst teams at protecting the ball last season. The Magic did really, really well with turnovers in this game. Um. Um. You know, they, they just, just really, really well. only 12 turnovers through three quarters. I think they had 14 for the game, 12 turnovers for 10 Cleveland points. They did really well. You know, they, they struggled with turnovers. They had five turnovers in the first quarter on Tuesday, only six turnovers at halftime. They, they're, I think they also had only 12 turnovers, turnovers through three quarters as well uh, on Tuesday. They're protecting the ball a little bit better. But on top of that, they're passing the ball a lot better. This has been a number that I have been obsessed with a little bit throughout the season. The Magic were one of the lowest passing teams in the league. Their pass volume last year was really low. And look, there's no correlation between passes made and winning. Just because you pass the ball a lot does not mean you're winning games. But I think we'd all agree if we watched this Magic team, a little too much isolation, a little too much pick and roll. They were a low passing team and that hurt them. Um, The NBA is not keeping track of raw passing stats. So I can't tell you um, in the preseason at least. So I can't tell you how many passes per game the Magic have in the preseason. What I can tell you is this. The Magic had 29 assists on 44 field goal makes in Tuesday's game. They had 27 assists on 37 field goals in Thursday's game. For reference, the Magic had only 16 total games last year with 27 or more assists. 16 total games and only five with 30 or more assists. They have two games with 27 or more assists in their preseason. Again, preseason defenses are going to tighten up. So maybe that number drops down a little bit, but these are encouraging signs. And the more you pass the ball, theoretically, at least the more more assists you get, theoretically, at least the better quality of three-point shots are going to take. Big bugaboo that I've talked about all offseason long. The Magic took the second fewest, or or, or had I think they were 27th or 28th in the league in total three-point field goal attempts per game. They took the second fewest three-point attempts from the corners. Those corner three-pointers, it's a little bit shorter. Those are high-value shots, or high-value shots, free throws, layups, corner threes. Those are the shots you want to get. That's usually because your offense is running really, really well. Magic had only 6.8 corner three-point attempts per game last year. Again, second fewest in the league. Of note two, the Magic made 40.8% of their corner threes last year. That was the third best in the league. So a shot that the Magic were getting, a three-point shot that the Magic were getting that they shot really well at, they were not getting enough of. In both games, in Tuesday's game against New Orleans, the Magic had nine corner three-point attempts. In Tuesday, in Thursday's game, And they made six of them. In Thursday's game against Cleveland, Orlando also took another nine corner three-point attempts. They made five. The three-point numbers are a little bit up. Orlando took 35 three-pointers and uh, making eight of 22 through three quarters. We do tend to, they took 45 in Tuesday's game. We do tend to see three-point attempts go up in the preseason because things are just not as fine-tuned. But what this is all to say is the Magic's offense is showing some life. The Magic's offense is looking different. Is looking like they're moving the ball and, and passing the ball much more effectively. This offense does look like it is a little bit different. It has some changes. It It is expanding and growing. And... If this is something that carries over, even if it's modest, even if it's not as good as it's looked in the preseason, if this is something that carries over, this could be the game changer for the Orlando Magic. This could be the thing that takes them from, oh, they're the up-and-coming team to, oh, they're hosting the 7-8 game. They're, they're fighting for the 6th seed. This is the missing piece. And so far, it does seem like it is working. We'll talk a little bit more about what we're seeing from the offense plus what is and isn't real so far. We're going to get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL season, if if, uh, my my copy will load here, um, the NFL season is in full swing. Taylor Swift is showing up at every game now, so the Taylor Swift season is in full swing. And you can get in on the action with America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit fanduel.com and kick off the NFL season today. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. So, believe it or not, we are halfway through the preseason now. Um, Halfway through the preseason games, at least. Um, You know, we're kind of turning home. We got the Magic coming to the Amway Center on Tuesday to take on the New Orleans Pelicans. Then they'll play a Brazilian team, Flamengo, next Friday. And then we will be on the countdown to the season opener, October 25th, against the Houston Rockets. So we're getting there. Um, And so, you know, I don't know if this is the right time to take full stock, but we now have two games under our belts. We now have two data points. We now have two things You know, data points where we can connect some lines, where we can start to figure out okay, who is this Orlando magic team? Um, and what's real and what's not real? Um, that's gonna be one of the big equations and one of the big questions because yes, the magic are two and oh, yes, the magic have looked really good. Um, their starters have looked really good. The continuity thing feels very, very real. There are still things to clean up. Do not get me wrong. I'm I'm not thrilled. With some of the things they're doing on defense. Um, there's very clearly some coverages that they have to fine-tune and get ready for. Um, offensively, they will still go through long droughts. Um, you know, that the playing groups are not quite there yet. And so there are things that we do believe in things that we shouldn't believe. Um, offensively, I think there's a lot to believe in. Um, I, I wouldn't have put all those stats out there to say if if I didn't think that it was worth pointing out that, you know, maybe the magic will not be an abysmally bad offense. Um, again, some of that, uh, of course, is the injuries, relying on rookies. You know, Paolo's still got some work to do, I think, to show his efficiency. But again, I'm, I'm not super worried about the fact that he's not scoring a ton quite yet. Um, you know, I think I think Thursday he forced things a little bit more. We'll We'll get to that in the box score review. The Magic's offense, though, I feel like has changed a little bit. And when they're at their best... It's either the defense feeding the offense um, or it's when they're running this five-out set. The Magic appear to be running a lot more five-out sets. They appear to be searching out for three-pointers a lot more. They appear to be trying their best to get Markel Fultz, Franz Wagner, Paolo Benquero going downhill. If they can get those guys going downhill with a free lane they feel like they can collapse the defense and they can set up uh, their shooters for open three-pointers. Um, again, the corner three is a big thing. If you're drawing someone in from the corner, you're getting a high-quality three-point shot um, uh, from there or an ability to attack the basket from the corner or swing the ball again. We're seeing that passing. we're seeing that energy really flow through this team. Um, I, I really do think the offense is, it, 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 there's something there. I, I don't know how much. Um, I don't know, again, what are they going to do when defenses really start to wise up to them now that there's some tape on it? How different is it really? Um, and how effective are these players? Are, you know, are the magic gonna be able to make teams pay from beyond the arc? Those are the ultimate questions. But Jamal Mosley said after Thursday's game, one of our big goals offensively is to attack the rim. We want to get downhill, get feet in the paint, and draw the defense in. Just like their defense is predicated on winning uh, on winning the paint and preventing shots in the paint, the magic's offense is also very much predicated on getting in the lane, getting to the basket. That is, that is a big deal. That, that, that is, there is an overarching philosophy here. Like that, that is an overarching philosophy. Now, how effective can it be? Well, you could get into trouble. If you're missing a lot of shots at the paint, if you're not replacing and getting back, you can get burned in transition. And and so far the magic have looked a little bit rough at times around the basket. They haven't, they haven't shot so effectively, but, there is a lot to like about what we've seen from them so far. Um, again, this feels like something you can build on. I don't know if it's real. I don't know if it's to say like, oh, the Magic are about to be a top 10 D offense in the league. You know, I, I posted that I think the offense is ahead of the defense at this at this juncture. But I think that this team has more defensive potential at the end of the day. and And, and I think that's important to remember. So what about the defense? What stands out about this team's defense so far then? Well, I think I think there's still a lot to fine-tune defensively. Um, I, I'm going to take Mosley to task on this uh, a little bit. Um, I don't think the defense is ahead of the offense. I think the offense looks a lot better than the defense. Now, having said that, the, off, the defense does have some very good moments. Jalen Suggs in that starting lineup has had the effect of introducing just a little bit of chaos Um, that that a Gary Harris doesn't bring. And I think Gary Harris is a great defender, but Jalen Suggs is going to get after guys. Um, They put him on Donovan Mitchell early, had him chase Donovan Mitchell around. He did a good job preventing Mitchell from getting going. Fortunately, Darius Darius Garland got going early on. Um, But Suggs does this thing where he sneaks into the lane for steals and and he's quick enough and smart enough to be able to, to jump in for a steal to dig down and get back out to his man. And that's an element the magic need. Um, their defense so far has been predicated on getting deflections and steals, um, and sometimes that gets them a little bit out of position. Um, and I think the Magic's biggest struggle so far defensively has been kind of point of attack, dealing with screens, dealing with multiple screening actions, uh, communicating those switches. There's still a little ways to go defensively um, to, to 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 be in a position to uh, to to. Get crazy stops. Now, again, having said that, the Magic ended up, you know, they gave up 31 points. They gave up 17 to Darius Garland in the first quarter. They ended up playing a really good defensive game. And I think part of what the Magic are going for is something that we talked about when the Magic brought in Jamal Mosley. Jamal Mosley's defense never in Dallas never really ranked highly. But what was a hallmark for him was pressure. You get into the ball, you crawl into the ball, you make guys work, and by the time you get to the fourth quarter, by the time you get later in the game, now they're tired. You're still going, you're still putting that pressure on, and now all of a sudden they're tired. So if you have an offense that can score a little bit, and you're not solely relying on your defense, because back, you know, back with those Dallas teams, Dallas's offense was the best offense in the league. All you got to do is is keep yourself in the game, and then your defense is going to wear the other team out. And I think I saw a little bit of that in the game against Cleveland. Again, it's preseason. Who knows what shape these guys are in and yada, yada, yada. But the same thing happened in New Orleans. The Magic's second stint with their starters and honestly with their bench guys as well was better on, uh, at least on defense. I don't want to say on offense. I thought the, the first group was really good offensively to start. They were better at least defensively in their second stint, in their second quarter stint or their third quarter stint than they were in their first stint. Um, And to me, that shows that, A, they're able to adjust, that they're able to kind of get coaching, they're able to lock back in. But I do think it's minorly concerning that they're not coming out playing strong, strong defense. Again, there's a lot of energy. There's a lot of uh, motivation to go out there and play. Uh, You know, I I definitely think, you know, there's a little bit of holding back some things because it is preseason, but, um, but there's a lot to like. Again, like, I'm going to sit here and say, you know, I think the defense can get a lot better. I think there's a lot of things to tighten up. But when that defense is locked in, they and everyone knows where they're going, as long as they're getting rebounds, which has still been a little bit of a struggle, as long as the Magic are getting rebounds, they're putting themselves in a really good spot to get stops, to get out in transition. You know, they're really trying to push the pace. That wasn't just a thing against New Orleans. The Magic, especially early on in this game, were really trying to get over that timeline. We're really trying to get over mid court. Really quickly, uh, and and really make sure that they're getting into their offense quickly because they think they can cut you to death. They think they can they can get in the paint to get, get in the paint and and really create some havoc. Um, again, it's not about the number of possessions; it's the speed at which you get into your offense. The Magic, I think, want to be a high pace team. They want to force you into a high pace on on defense because they're putting so much pressure on you, and then they want to run back at you. And so, again, how effective is this going to be? I think they still gotta prove it. But very clearly, again, like that's your conclusion. We can clearly see what this team's identity wants to be and what they're capable of doing. And, and I think I think that part is exciting. I think that part is it's intriguing, number one, but it's exciting to see what this group. Can still potentially build. And again, we got two more preseason games. No offense to Flamengo. We got one more preseason game to really fine tune some things and get ready for the regular season because you know we'll see again how it all looks when uh, when it's for real. We'll close today's show by going through the box score, talking about individual performances. I know you want me to talk about Franz. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. Okay, the moment you've been waiting for. Let's talk about some individual performances here for the Orlando Magic game. The Orlando Magic defeat the Cleveland Cavaliers 108-105. to The details of the game, um, Cleveland and Orlando both really strong offensively in the first quarter. It was 31-31, to Darius Garland scored 17 points in that first quarter, was 6-7, for seven, made his first six shots. Um, not necessarily bad defense, but the Magic were really struggling with uh, kind of their on-ball attack. Then the defense really started to ratchet up. It was a back and forth game throughout the second quarter. And then the magic starters came back in late, midway through the second quarter and took control of this game. And they never let go. Cleveland starters did play early in the third quarter. So that, that part is um, at least intriguing. Um, You know, the magic just kept control. They kept, you know, they had a 12 point lead. They extended it to 14. um, And, and the bench group extended it out to 16, just kind of paced their way to the end of the game. Then the Magic's deep bench came in. It was rough. Like, I don't mean to offend these guys. You can tell it's a step down. It's it's just abundantly clear. Um, And it looked like Orlando was going to kind of cruise to a win. The lead stayed around 10, 12 points. Then all of a sudden, Cleveland, you know, Dean Wade especially, started hitting some shots. They went on a 13-0 run to close the game. Magic couldn't get anything to go down. They couldn't really create. They don't really have any creators on that second unit or that third, fourth unit that they're playing. Cleveland did get a possession to win the game or to, to, to tie the game at 108. Mac McClung, though, did a great job defensively stepping in front of a post-feed uh, and sealing the victory for the Orlando Magic. So we'll take the win, wins or wins. Let's get to individuals. Um, as I mentioned, um, no starter for the Orlando Magic had an offensive rating lower than 122. No starter for the Orlando Magic had a plus-minus lower than plus 14. The starters won their minutes. And I think individual plus minus is a very dangerous stat to rely on. Um, I would typically say do not rely on it. But when you have a whole group playing like that, and especially in a preseason game where typically the starters are matching up against each other and and we're not really caring about the final score because the final score is not that important. Um, To me, this tells me like, okay, the Magic won their minutes. The Magic won this game uh, with the guys that we really care about, um, and they all, and you know, a lot of them had really solid games. Franz Wagner was the star of the night: eighteen points, eighteen thirty-three on the floor, six or seven shooting, three for three from deep, three rebounds, four assists, and a steal. Um, again, game really just came to him, but the three threes really stood out. One was on a great pass from Paolo. Two were thirty-foot threes, and it, you know, just no hesitation, you know spot up threes from 30 feet out, set up set that, set up, there to take those shots, took it confidently, took it like it didn't bother him at all. And, you know, Koei, he's a guy that could take 30-foot threes. The Magic don't really have a deep three-point shooter. And, and, you know, maybe that's important, maybe that's not. But if Franz develops into that, especially if he can hit pull-up threes of that variety, like, that becomes a very different and interesting player. Um, so I... I I was really impressed with Franz's game on both ends. I thought he played really, really well. Um, You know, again, just mixed it up a little bit on the glass, made some great passes. He has this nice little like scoop, you know, kind of scoop pass or or slider pass um, that he's able to whip cross court to get to open shooters. You know, he's he's playing very, very well. um, and, And this was a fantastic game from him. Markel Fultz, also a solid game. 13 points, five for eight shooting, one for two from three. Four rebounds, two assists, no turnovers for him either. Um, you know, Mark I think he, he knows how to get himself ready through the preseason. So I'm not expecting crazy things from him. Um, he did a really good job setting up his shot, just kind of dribbling into his into his spots. His one, th- you know, his first three was a a a pot potato three. So I, I don't really worry about that. His second three was a spot up off of a Jalen Suggs offensive rebound, drained it from the corner. There's that corner three again. Um, just a really nice in rhythm shot. He knows how to pick his spots. And I think that's always been the biggest thing and the most impressive thing about Marco Voltz. He just knows how to pick his spots. He picked his spots really, really well Attacked the basket. Well, got to the mid range really well, really set this team up. Um, I would like to see him defend a little bit better, but again, preseason, I'm, I'm not going to freak out too much about him there. Um, Paolo Bancaro, six points, two for six shooting 0 for one from three, two for three from the foul line. Four rebounds, six assists, two steals. Um, filled up the stat sheet, as you can see. Uh, Paolo's driving game hasn't been perfect. You know, sometimes it looks like he's going a little too fast, trying to do a little bit too much when he forces himself on the game. When he plays slow, no one can stop him. When he's under control, when he's attacking quickly, when he knows exactly what he wants to do, there's there's no one in the league that can stop him. He, 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 had, he had a turnaround fadeaway, I believe. Uh, got to the line, you know, for a couple and ones, like doing Paolo things. I, I'm not worried about Paolo. The passing is still the most important, interesting thing. I wouldn't say most important; certainly, the most interesting thing. Um, he, he he's continuing to show really good passing ability. Again, like I said, through two games, this offense's identity is: let's get Franz downhill, let's get Paolo downhill, let's spread the floor around them, force the defense to collapse, and trust those guys to make good decisions. Um, forrest, you know, the six assists that he had showed that he made some good decisions, that he was able to move the ball particularly well. Um, Wendell Carter, seven points, three for eight shooting, cooled off from three, 0 for three from beyond the arc, six rebounds for him. Um, Jalen Suggs, eight points, two for six shooting, two for three from deep, two for two from the foul line. Again, still trying to get himself under control. His defensive energy is just still unparalleled. He gets after it defensively, and and that that raises everyone's level and everyone's energy. So, So definitely a good thing there. Mo Wagner, 14 points off the bench, four for five shooting, uh, six or six from the foul line. He's, Mo Wagner is still a free throw machine. Palo Bay, a free throw machine. Mo Wagner's also quietly a free throw machine. Something to keep an eye on. A lot of his points came in the fourth quarter. So again, he does Mo Wagner things, you know, scores around the basket, got a couple of transition opportunities, really, really nice job. Um, I'd say the same for Goga Batadze. He did not score, but played some really nice defense. Um, Joe Ingles, five points, two for six shooting, one for three from beyond the arc in his magic debut did pick up a technical foul. Um, Anthony Black, uh, four points, two for five shooting, including one monster dunk, 0 for 1 on threes, but that was also a hot potato at the end of the shot clock. Four rebounds, uh, three fouls, one steal, no turnovers. Um, Anthony Black has not looked great. Uh, I, I will I will admit to that. Um, you know, he's, he's running point and I think still trying to get a feel for himself out there. Um, he looks like a rookie, um, you know, he doesn't quite know everything he's supposed to do. You know, Cole Cole's playing really, really well, uh, next to him, nine points, three for six shooting in this game. Um, but you know, I think the idea is to have black kind of run point with that second unit, but that, you know, that second unit just doesn't have a secondary attacker. And I think black is still trying to figure out his way to attack and be consistent he struggled dealing with the size of Evan Mobley. Um, you know he's gonna have to develop a floater game or jumper game to really make an impact. Um, I thought defensively he got lost a few times that you would expect rookies to do, but overall still competed. Um, you know I don't give up on Anthony Black. It's it's a long rookie year. He's got a lot to learn, a lot of skills to develop. But I, I would agree that I think Jet Howard has played better. Um, even though Jet Howard has not played with the starters yet, eight point three for six shooting, two for four from deep in this game. Um, Black still has. Some things the Magic like, and and I think they'll give him an opportunity. But um, we got to, you know, the big thing for me, we have not seen this team play a regular rotation yet. They're still playing line changes. So the second group, they've struggled at times offensively, but I also expect that second group to have a Franz Wagner in there with them. Um, You know, a, a lineup with Cole, Black, Wagner, let's say Ingles or Harris, and Mo Wagner, It's going to be different offensively than the group that we're seeing right now. Uh, Just giving them another guy you can attack. That's going to attract some attention. That's going to help them out a lot. And I just don't think they have that quite yet. Like I said, Orlando's offensive rating dropped significantly in that fourth quarter. They ended up shooting 44% from the floor, 12 for 35 from three, 22 for 27 from the foul line, just five offensive rebounds, 39 rebounds for the game, 27 assists on 37 field goal makes. That is pretty darn good. Um, Cleveland, Ends up shooting 44% from the floor, 17 for 44 from beyond the arc, including four three-pointers from Dean Wade, three three-pointers from Imani Bates. Again, all of that coming in the fourth quarter. Um, they shoot 14 for 19 from the foul line, so Magic getting the foul line. It's preseason. There's usually a few more fouls. Magic been pretty good about not fouling in the preseason, uh, but um, you know, just generally a, a good start for Orlando there. Um, again, they outscore Cleveland 32 to 20 in the in the second quarter. That is your difference in the ballgame because Orlando scored only 20 in the fourth quarter and Cleveland had 29. The Orlando Magic defeat the Cleveland Cavaliers 108-105. to They're heading back to the Amway Center to take on the New Orleans Pelicans on Tuesday. We'll be there live and have a full recap for you here on Locked on Magic. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. of course find me on Twitter at R underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. You're tuning in on Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the them listening to the podcast to your podcast. Podcast enable this advice relates on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can find us on Twitter, Twitter there at @omagicdaily oh And also don't forget to check out my Patreon page, the Orlando Magic Hub. You can find that at Patreon.com slash Hub. Hope you all have a great weekend. We'll see you all again Monday. We'll talk about what the Magic learned from their two-game road trip uh, as we talked to the Magic on Saturday uh, for their practice. Until then... For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of The Public